This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey everyone, welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm your host, Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, and also my partner for life, Rachel Campos Duffy. Thank you, Sean. It's so great to be at the kitchen table. And boy, it has been a big week for Catholics, for Christians in general. Massive attacks from the left. And we're going to talk about why they're happening. But let's lay out the stories, because there's two really great stories. One is the Atlantic saying that the rosary is a tool of extremism, white nationalism. I mean, just total weirdness on that one. And then also, we also want to get to the story of Joan of Arc at the famous Globe Theater, the famous Shakespeare Globe Theater, is being presented as non-binary. Non-binary. Um, an insult to Catholics, but also to women in general, erasing women. Um, that's what the left is doing now. But let's start with the first story, because that one really ginned us up, because I guess we pray the rosary. We do it with our kids, um, with our family. Who knew that this would be extremism? So here's the article. It was written by Daniel Paniton. The title of the article is How Extremist Gun Culture is Trying to Co-Opt the, Ra- the Rosary. Now, that is the second title. The original title was different. They've actually changed their title. And I want to see if we can uh, get our producers to pull up the original title um, because they've changed that title because of the backlash that they've received. Um, and, and, we'll, and I'll get you that name in just a second. What they're saying is that there are militaristic symbols and language. So, you know, the spiritual battle, you know, different terms that are used by Catholics that you and I are very familiar with and that these militaristic terms will actually radicalize people by praying the rosary and somehow they will become, you know, dangers to society. So here's what he says. On this extremist fringe, rosary beads have been woven into a conspiratorial politics and absolutist gun culture. These armed radical traditionalists have taken up a spiritual notion that the rosary can be a weapon in the fight against evil and turned into something dangerously literal. So what he's doing here is this really weird convoluting of things. So first of all, as I mentioned, the idea of spiritual battle and language that is militarized in terms of fighting the devil and all that, that's very common. You're a traditionalist, Sean, You, uh, in terms of the way you practice Catholicism. You own guns. And you pray the rosary. Right. So, uh, again, the, the rosary can shoot bullets and kill people. But I, I think it's a, it's a really good point because we, we do have this language that is there is a war with the devil, right? And, and you protect yourself and your family by praying the rosary. And it's, it's very common for traditional Catholics to, to view good and evil that way. And now to see that... Um, that the left is trying to take this tack that it's been, this is militarized language, and there's a correlation between the rosary and traditional Catholics. And 
gun culture and white supremacy and these kind of things, I think it goes to a, a different movement and different motive that the left has, which is to say, you know what, we we do see that traditional Catholics, that traditional Christians as a whole, because I think what I've seen as a story has come out, a lot of non-Catholics, but but practicing Christians have said, listen, whoa, I, we're all kind of Catholic today. We are going to stand with uh, the Catholic Church. We might not like Mary like you do, do in the Catholic Church. And, 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 which however, is a shame. But. Which is, well, that's a different podcast. <laughs> uh, but, but this is about saying, you know, we're all going to stick together as Christians, but yeah. it's about demonizing religion, demonizing faith, otherizing uh, Christianity. And they're starting with, with Catholics and the rosary, and they're able to do that because of this traditional language that we use. And there's a purpose behind it. And I know you're going to talk about this a little, a little more, yeah. Rachel, but if, if you want to see government be the sole source of truth, the sole source uh, as the arbitrar of, of good and evil, you can't have religion in the way of government. And so you have to take religion out. And this is this is not new with, you know, the leftist Dems that have uh, taken over, you know, culture and media These and universities today. This is not new. This is this this goes back centuries when you have Marxist, communists, people who believe in government. When they do that, they have to take out people of faith. They have to take faith out of their culture because faith is an obstruction to government. Right, because, and they're not just going after faith, faith and then by extension family, because the people who pass down the faith are the family. And so they're going after faith and organized religion and the family because both of those are existential threats to the authority of the state. And it makes sense what they're trying to do. This is not an isolated article. By the way, the original title of the article I mentioned to you, How the Rosary Became an Extremist Tool. So that is the original title. Then they they actually changed it twice more because they got so much pushback. Thank God they're getting pushback. But believe me, this article is not isolated. This is beginning to lay the foundation for, as you said, otherizing religion, making you feel like if you have an outward symbol like that and you're willing to be out and proud Catholic with your rosary beads, you could be um, your reputation, your livelihood. Well, you're an could, extremist. You're an extremist. You're on you're, you, you. And so this is a way to push us in out into the corners, out of the public square, make people be afraid to talk. And you could say, well, why, you know, that could never happen in America. Listen, it just happened with the DOJ. The DOJ was writing up letters because they didn't know that they were approached by teachers unions who were really afraid of parents who were finally waking up after COVID to see all the indoctrination that the left um, has had in their little Marxist schools that they've turned our public schools into. And parents were pushing back against mass mandates and um, filthy books and, and curriculums that were being pushed on our children. Um, transgenderism, you name it, CRT, race, you know, dividing our kids by race. And parents were fighting back in school boards. And they, through their unions, went to the White House and the White House was starting to label them as domestic terrorists. Thank God there was a Freedom of Information Act to get to the bottom of it because they were denying what was going on. We know where it happened. It was the Department of Education and it was the White House. Yeah, and so you can't have a, a power higher than government. 
and people of faith have a, uh, who believe yeah. in God have a power Great higher point. than government. And they can't have that because they have to be the ultimate power. And I think, you know, to your point, Rachel, if you go back, if you go back 10 years, I don't think anyone in America would have thought that our culture would have an opinion that your children aren't your children. The children are the children of the state or the school system or of the teacher. And that, you know, a, a, a 10-year-old kid, child, can make a decision to transition their gender from male to female or female to male without the consent and permission and advice of their parent, that the state can actually do that, step in and do that over the objection of a parent. Frankly, I don't think anyone 10 years ago would have said that we should be transitioning kids at all, which I, I'm still in that camp. We shouldn't transition kids and maybe we shouldn't transition anybody. But culture moves fast. And it starts with these little seeds that are planted. And this is a seed plant that liberals are making in this, uh, in this article in The Atlantic that is, is, is and you're going to see, you, this is the first one, but you're going to now see a push that, that, that Catholic symbols, Christian symbols are a sign of white supremacy, of, of aggression, and of gun culture. Mm. And it, it's, 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 it's the beginning. And what has to happen is, because we've seen how this works, the only way you get it to stop is to stop it in its tracks and for people of faith to stand up and push back right now. You know, it's funny when you were talking about that, I was remembering back to the Obama years, he made a visit to Georgetown University. Um, which is a, a so-called Catholic university. I don't think it is, but they like to claim they're Catholic. And when Obama went in to give the speech, he and his team said they didn't want to offend anyone. And they asked for the crucifix to be covered. because. So again, think about that notion that it's offensive. I want to go back to the, to the rosary. Cause, you know, you and I are, you know, born Catholics, um, cradle Catholics, and not everyone understands what the rosary is. So I'm going to give a little background, and then I want to explain where the militaristic, how this militaristic language comes from. It's nothing new, has nothing to do with white nationalism. It has nothing to do with any of this stuff. It's it, This is a, a prayer that ha- was started um, in the 13th century um, by St. Benedict, and it, it's powerful. Right. It is powerful. And that is why I think people um, refer to it that way. It's been uh, the praying the rosary has been credited for the very famous um, uh, Battle of Lepanto, which which basically held back the Muslims and saved Christendom. So the, 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 the sailors and the church prayed the rosary and they believed that praying the rosary and through the intercession of Mary through the rosary, that battle was won. It was really important. Uh, Catholics prayed incessantly for the end of communism in the Soviet Union, and that came to be, um, and they prayed the rosary for that. The rosary is a a series of prayers that you pray. Um, We call them in in decades or or mysteries, and and you you pray the Hail Mary, the Our Father, the Glory Be, and you pray them in a certain way, in a a repetitive way, but it is actually a meditation of, on the scriptures and the most important event, events in the gospel. So it is a powerful prayer. And I want to play a clip from, I found, you know, I, I had to go back to your Irish roots, Sean. I found a very interesting friar, Brendan Kilcoin. Um, and this is how, and, and I want to credit them. This is a video from Immaculata Productions from July 14th of 2021. Listen to how he describes the rosary and note how, this could trigger the left, but this is not shocking at all to any Catholics or even Christians who believe we are in a spiritual battle. The rosary is a machine gun of theology. 
It is where you pepper hell. You pepper hell with the name of God. And this isn't some fringe friar. Pope Francis, hardly a traditionalist or conservative, has said there is no path. This is a quote. There is no path to holiness without spiritual combat. Um, And then he goes on to say, um, you know, he endorsed the idea of the rosary um, being an armament in that fight. So that is this is common Catholic Christian language, and they're trying to use it as a way to shame us, to silence us, to take us out of the public square. Well, I, first of all, I hear the the, the the friar speak, and it makes me want to sit here and have a Guinness. We should have um, had that. We should have had a Guinness. Um, Actually, can I tell you that reminded me of something, Sean? <laughs> Somebody wrote me last night after our segment about this article on Primetime, where you were hosted, and you did a great job, by the way, Sean. Um, somebody wrote me and said, you know, my mom used to have rosary and cocktails with her friends. Um, They'd get together to pray the rosary and they'd have a cocktail. And she said, my mom passed away and now I miss her. And I think I'm going to start up that tradition. I also received um, some emails and texts and, and comments from Protestants who said, I don't know anything about the rosary, but if it's triggering these secular progressives this much, I think I need to get one. <laughs> well, I think but if you look at, I'm, uh, you, we're going to pepper hell with machine gun fire is in essence what the friar said. And if, and if you're the left and you're like, okay, well, I am, I, I, I represent that. Uh, and the ideas that I have um, are not holy ideas. I'm concerned about Catholics praying because um, those prayers are actually against the ideas that I hold. Right, that's so Their powerful. ideas um, are not holy ideas. Right, these are neo-communists. Um, these are the, the, the forces. So I talked about how there were prayers, um, you know, and these are global prayers. By the way, thinking that the rosary could be divisive or white nationalists or whatever. It's so crazy because the rosary unites a billion Catholics across the world, across races, across all cultures, and really across, borders. across centuries. I mean, this is one of the most beautiful traditions in our faith. So, uh, you know, never mind that. Um, it is a it is a, a unifying force and it is powerful. And it did, and Catholics deeply believe that it had a lot to do those prayers with turning the events in in the 80s and the end of the Soviet Union. But now we are indeed, maybe maybe they really should be afraid of the rosary um, because we are in a new battle. And it is not, it is it is a battle with these neo-communists, as I call them. You had Buck yeah. Sexton on, um, he, on your show. He called it authoritarian capitalism, which is a really, really great way of describing it. It's basically Chinese capitalism. capitalism, It's Chinese capitalism. Nothing more atheistic than communism, than Chinese capitalism, than authoritarian capitalism, than globalism, which thinks that, you know, the religion needs to be pushed out and everything is about power and ideology. And so it is powerful. Maybe the response should be, we should all pray more. Well, I think that is a response. And, you know, I, I, sometimes my mind goes in crazy directions and I, I look at where, where Joe Biden and Democrats are taking the country. You know, they, they want to get rid of fossil fuels. We're not going to be able to drive our cars. Um, we're not going to be able to hear our home. So at, at some point I'm like, well, how do we keep our family warm in the winter? And so <laughs> if, I, if I don't have a lighter and I can't find flint and steel to start my fire... All I need is holy water and a copy of The Atlantic, and I can pour holy water on The Atlantic, and boom, it's going to burst into <laughs> flames, and 
I'll be able to have a fire yes. uh, here and there, and so maybe I get a, a couple of copies of this so I can start a fire when 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 Joe Biden has his wish. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um, it, that guy is, is uh, could he would definitely not react well to holy water. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. Let me tell you this. You know, one of the other things that they wanted to say that was in the article that was interesting was they mentioned the fact that there are combat rosaries that are, you know, for sale on the Internet and a lot of traditional Catholics like it. So why would there be combat rosaries? The reason is in World War One. Our government actually issued rosaries to Catholics because, of course, if you're in a foxhole and you think you might die, um, what's left? Faith, religion, uh, maybe maybe an, a thought of your mom. But again, they, those were issued. So those still exist. They were made out of some, uh, like, I think some sort of like gun material, which wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, gun metal. Gun metal. And thank you, Sean. And the reason is. If you pray the rosary and you use your rosary, you know that your rosary can break. And it, it's just, you, you hate when your Especially rosary breaks. Especially the cheap ones, right? They yeah. do break, right. So if you get one of these, um, and, and again, it does have that idea of, you know, a, a weapon against the devil. What's wrong with that? And by the way, guess who did a campaign commercial? With rosary beads? With uh, rosary beads to be? signal and lie to Catholics about his Catholicity. Because as you know, Sean, Joe Biden is the most radical pro-abortion president, even beating Barack Obama in our nation's history. This is the most pro-abortion administration in U.S. history. But, but it's a good point. He used his his rosary beads to actually signal to Catholics around the country that, no, he was a, a Catholic in good standing and he wanted the Catholic vote. And just a side note here, the Catholic vote is a, a, is a somewhat of a swingy vote. Yeah. You know, church-going Catholics usually vote pretty Republican. There's a lot of you know, not every Sunday mass going Catholics. That's more of the swing vote. And he wanted Call them that supermarket vote. Catholics. They pick and choose what they like about the faith. Well, not always, but they, some, some people just don't go to church every Sunday, but they yeah. still, they're, they're still Catholics who believe, you know, in the teachings of the church. They just don't make it every, every Sunday. And he wanted those Catholics um, to vote for him. And the way he signaled to them was through his rosary. Like I carry the rosary with me all the time, but I think it goes back to another point, Rachel, again, we, you talk. You're talking about the language that we use around the rosary that 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 um, references this this battle between good and evil mm-hmm. um, of 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 God and the devil. And I think if 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 you're you know a non-believer or if you believe in government, like I mentioned before, you believe there's not right and wrong. There's not good and yeah. evil. Everything is up for discussion. Everything is up for debate. Everything up, mm-hmm. everything is up for perspective. 
And the idea that, that we have that there is good and evil, that there is right and wrong, that's an affront to everything that these liberals hold dear to their heart. Because then you might say, well, maybe there's a lot of things that Democrats are promoting and pushing into culture that um, we might find to be evil and or wrong. And they don't want they don't want to have Catholics using their faith to actually call them out for their. Um, Did you hear Nancy Pelosi this past week talk about another mother, bad Catholic, another bad Catholic? Exactly. She said that she had to pass the climate bill. They call it the Inflation Reduction Bill. But we all know that this was the Green New Deal. And she said, Mother Earth gets angry and we have to make basically sacrifices to her meaning our tax dollars. Um, so these are people who don't, I, I mean, I would never make a statement like that. That is the most ridiculous pagan thing you could say. And it's very clear. These are not serious Catholics. These are people who are cultural Catholics who want to use the word Catholic in order to secure and lie to constituents to make them think that they are so they can get their vote. But there's nothing Catholic about it. I'm going to tell you, Sean, it, it, it isn't just what happened in the Atlantic. Um, I'm going to move to another topic that's very interesting to me. And again, if you're not Catholic, this podcast is still for you because the attacks on us are going for the Protestants and the evangelicals and, and the Jews. It's an attack on all of us. It's, attack on, it's an attack on all of us. But this week was sort of a Catholic attack week, for sure. And one of the things, stories that came out that was really interesting was about the Globe Theater, the very famous Shakespeare Globe Theater in England, was putting on a play about Joan of Arc. Now, this is oh. happening. This is happening to his. This uh, again, Joan of Arc is not the only historical female figure that this this uh, makeover is happening to. But apparently, what they wanted to do is create a storyline where Joan of Arc is not a female, which of course we know she was. That she is non-binary, maybe even uh, trans, because she dressed as a man, uh, as a as a as a young man, in order to to join the army. So I, I do you want know, to say something? Because I'll lay out who Joan of Arc yeah, is. So for I'm, I'm going to sit back and drink my coffee and tell me the story of Joan of Arc. Yeah, it's actually a beautiful story, which makes it so sad that anyone would need to, you know, in any way, change the story to make it historically inaccurate because. What happened was a, re it's a remarkable story. So Joan of Arc was born in about 1412. She was the daughter of a farmer, Jacques d'Arc, and she was from a, a little French village. During her lifetime, um, France was in conflict with England. It was the Hundred Years' War, as you know. In a peace treaty in 1420, the French Prince Charles um, was dethroned and King Henry V became the ruler of England and France. So at the age of 13, imagine how young she was. She began to hear voices, which she, of course, believed was God speaking to her. And the voices called her and told her that she had a divine mission to save France from England. And so in 1429, Joan, she dressed, she, a woman could not obviously at that time join the military, military forces. No. So she disguised herself as a boy and she led the forces to fight back against England at the Siege of Orleans. That was the famous battle where she drove back the enemy from the city in the spring of 1430. Joan was captured by English forces and they said that she was a witch. And they, you know, said they charged her with witchcraft and heresy. And of course, 
She was charged with dressing like a man, which was a crime for her to serve because in the French she army. Because she was actually a woman. Because she was a woman. She wasn't um, a cross-dresser. She dressed as a man to actually join the army. And do something wonderful <laughs> right. for her country. And so in 1431, after she was in captivity for about a year, she signed a confession denying that she received a divine guidance. And days later, she wore men's clothes. And at the age of 19, the English authorities burned her at the stake 20 years later by the way there was a new trial after she died and this trial was called by charles the seventh of france and they cleared her of her crimes and then in 1909 the catholic church beatified her which is the first step to become a saint and then in 1920 um she was canonized to become the patron saint she became a saint and the patron saint of the country of France by Pope Benedict XV. So her story is remarkable. But in this play, she is presented, um, this play, by the way, is called I, Joan, and she is presented as non-binary. And actually in the play, Sean, they use they, them pronouns. You know, I, I listened to, you know, the story and, and the play, and you see, again, this, this fits into the narrative of what's happening in culture. They're, the elites are trying to confuse people. They're confusing the history of Joan of Arc. They're confusing young people in regard to, um, to, to their sex. They're confusing people in regard to race. They're confusing people in regard to our history. That is the mission, is to confuse people. And if you can confuse people, then you can drive a narrative like this, that Joan of Arc was, um, was non-binary. Um, and, and again, I, again, I don't want to, I don't want, this is not this podcast, but it does go back to the point of making sure that your children get a good education to know oh, no, their hi- right. the history of the world, to know the history po- yes. um, of America. And if they know their history, if they're well-educated, they like us and like you would hear the story and go, this is total BS. And by the of way, course, she- that's not what happened. And you'd call it up. But a lot of people who, who haven't had a good education. Um, could hear this and go, well, maybe Joan of Arc was non-binary. Well, that's interesting that you say that because the Globe Theater actually tweeted, because they got some pushback, um, not nearly as much as they should, um, but they said, we are not the first to present, or he said, first of all, I said, our new play, I, Joan, shows Joan as a legendary leader who uses pronouns they and them. We are not the first to present Joan in this way, and we will not be the last. We can't wait to share this production with everyone so they can discover this cultural icon. The only thing they got right is that she is an icon. And by the way, Joan of Arc is not a Catholic saint, although she is, but she is a Christian saint. She is a, a, a one of the most brave figures in church history, in world history. She's a remarkable figure. If you haven't read a book about her, if your kids don't know about her, they should. I have had many stories, um, times that I've told the story of Joan of Arc to my kids. In fact, in Catholic schools, um, around Halloween, it's good Catholic schools will say, no, we're not going to dress as princesses and monsters. You can dress as your favorite saint. One of my girls always wants to be Joan of Arc because she's brave and she's such an amazing role model for girls and women all over the world. And the fact that they are, they're not just hurting Christians and Catholics. This is about women. They are erasing women. They are trying to say that the best, bravest women are not women. 
It's actually a man. They're basically insulting women. They're telling us that we're just wombs, that we're uh, birthing people, that we're receptacles. Um, I mean, this is all so insulting. And the fact that it is only women of my generation and older who are fighting vigorously back against the erasure of our gender and our purpose and our fertility and all of these things that are happening to us. Our younger our younger women have bought into this, Sean. Totally this have. whole non-binary, she, them, what? It's scary to me. We'll have more of this conversation after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You know, I'm just thankful that, I'm going to show my age here, that, that when Bill and Ted went on their excellent adventure, they actually went back and got <laughs> Joan Oh, yeah, Joan you're of right. Arc. Bill and Ted did get Joan of Arc. <laughs> Joan came back and then she, I think, did she get did baseball one, bats and she was did like, they, did, did, they, did he get together with, did one of no, them? I no, I think. No, Joan was too pure. She was a saint. She was, okay, she I didn't know. I, I can't and remember. Ted. Yeah. Uh, Good. This, I'm, I'm, see, I'm, even Bill and Ted respected that she was a woman, that she was a saint, and she was not. She was not up for dating on on Bill and Ted's Keanu, excellent. Keanu Reeves' breakthrough performance in Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. You know, it's not a bad movie. You know what? I'll tell you this, Sean. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure does a better job of telling history <laughs> for real right. than today's public schools. Thank you. Yes, they do. I bet. I bet there's not a public school kid. That unless they happen to be Catholic or Christian and know about Joan of Arc, they will never learn about Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc is not church history. Joan of Arc is world history. World history. And by the way, even in, in many Catholic or Christian schools that are woke, they might actually uh, perpetuate the theory that maybe she was um, uh, transgender. Maybe she uh, was is, is it cisgender. I don't know all the language you're supposed to use, but she was um, she was she was not a woman who had to dress in in men's clothes to go fight and lead her country to uh, to freedom. Listen, I think this is. I mean, th- th- what we're talking about today, Rachel, is I think really important, and 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 you're highlighting the attack that we now have on faith. And again, this is just the next step that the progressive liberals have to take in eradicating. They started with history. They started with sexes, and now they're going to faith going to people who believe in God. You have to start to attack them, and I think this will be the final frontier. If they can accomplish this, they will have completed their transformation of America. And it's not just America. They're doing this globally because these global elites are trying to have um, this, 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 this global view on how the world should work, which is, by the way, give up your power. Give it to them. Give up your freedom. Give it give to it Bill to Gates. Them give it to George Soros. And let them to make decisions for you. It's a it's a it's a global movement, um, and this is the final phase. Sean, you know the attack on faith. It, it, there's a long, long history of that. Uh, on the, the attack on faith, the attack on religion, um, on people of faith. I mean, you know, I'm Mexican and Spanish. Um, the attacks on the church. And on those who believe in Mexico, you know, in the 1920s to, you know, what the communists did in Spain in the 1930s and 40s. I mean, this is and you can go back the centuries. I want to make sure we hit what is actually new about this attack. What's new about this attack that even Barack Obama didn't try to do is to take 
government to take the DOJ and in the, the first ground, the first groundwork they laid was the idea of creating a hoax that there was a problem of white supremacy, of domestic terrorism in America. The, the, the foundation was that, that our problems weren't, you know, Islamic terrorism, our problems weren't in other countries. The main problem was domestic white supremacy terrorism. And then they started to do it in the military by saying, well, we're going to do a stand down. And this was a way to purge and Put, strike fear in the, in, the, in the hearts of any young soldier who loved Donald Trump, who was a conservative, who was, um, you know, a traditionalist, who owned, you know, who grew up hunting and, and owned guns. There was a, a, a way to, um, to, to purge and, and, to, and to bring that fear. So we saw it in the military. Then they moved to parents and said they were domestic terrorists. And now you're seeing the, uh, this is not the first, this is not the first article in the Atlantic. There are others where they're trying to say, if you are faithful, if you are a traditionalist, if you take your faith seriously, unlike Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, and it's not just a, a prop in a commercial, um, we're going to label you with these white supremacy, white nationalism, uh, you know, smears in order to make you afraid that you might lose your job, lose your reputation, um, somehow remove you from the public square. No, I think it's a really good point because... When you look at the effectiveness, I'm getting, by the way, we don't, what, what is a white supremacist? You're Mexican and a white supremacist. Tim, right. Tim Scott, as an African-American senator, I'm sure is yes. a white supremacist. Um, justice Thomas, I'm sure, as an African-American justice, is a oh. white supremacist. For that's sure. How, that's how far they've come. But I, I think, you know, what you mentioned is, 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 is really important because um, what they're doing is saying, we want to change America. We want to change the culture. And if you want to stand in our way, the way we get you to shut up, stand down, and and be silent is to call you names. And so, listen, I didn't agree with the, the, the folks who stormed into the Capitol on January 6th. I know that people were frustrated with the election and 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 the the perception that there were things that weren't fair and i looked at wisconsin that's a state i know the best because i'm from wisconsin i know that things there was cheating that happened now would it have changed the results i can't tell you that but i know there was cheating and i was frustrated and so if you want to voice your opinion now about about you know what happened during the election you know you're a domestic terrorist yes you're a white supremacist if oh, you th- but, but, but by the way sean if you're stacy abrams you can question elections. That's right. But also if I say, okay, you know what? There should be a, a, a precedence and norms that you don't use the Department of Justice to actually attack a sitting president. You shouldn't actually spread lies about him to actually undo the results of the 2016 election, which is exactly what they were trying to do. They were trying to overthrow an election by using the Department of Justice and, and the FBI to feed this false narrative in regard to um, Russia collusion. And Hunter Biden's laptop. And, and if you push that, you're, you're also a domestic terrorist, um, a purveyor of false and fake information. Um, and then I go to what's happened you know, in the last couple of weeks with regard to Donald Trump and to say, you know what, uh, the former president shouldn't be harassed by the Department mm. of Justice. He shouldn't have his home raided. For nine where, hours. By the way, if they were going to raid it, which I completely disagree with, because it was about uh, secret, top secret documents, classified documents, we'll go in and get the documents. But that's not what it was about. They used Mm -hmm. the Department of Justice 
uh, to go after Donald Trump and seize all of the paperwork that they thought relevant that could potentially convict him of a crime or that they could actually later leak out and smear him in the press, which is I mean, the, the, the FBI and the DOJ are the biggest leakers in Washington, D.C. And if you stand up and push back and go, you know what? That's not the way we do business in America. When the current administration goes after, after the leader of the last administration, this is third world stuff. This is banana republic stuff. This is not what we do in America. If you say that, you're also a domestic terrorist. You're someone who's, you know, wants to blow up the FBI. You want to, you know, shoot people. Like, no, listen, I'm just a, an, an average American who says this is wrong. And it's wrong if, if Joe Biden does it to, to, to Donald Trump or if Ron DeSantis is the next president from, you know, from the, the Florida governor and he does that to Joe Biden. That's wrong. We don't do this in America. This is not the history and the norms and the procedures that we've used in this country. And so I'm, I'm, I'm not a white supremacist. I'm not a domestic terrorist. I'm an American. Who wants to go back to the norms by which we used to live by before these liberal leftist radicals have changed them? That's all I'm asking for. And again, I think that I, I never thought this could happen. You have people who are are cowering to the pressure from the left. They're, they're silencing themselves because of the pressure on the left. And again, I, sometimes I get it because your job could be threatened. Your livelihood could, could be threatened. Your neighbors your, might not like you. Your kids might even go after you um, because they've been wokeified in the school system. Mm. But if we don't stand up to this, if we don't push back and go, you know what? I Listen, I, I, I'm not about using violence and what's happened here, but I'm going to use my voice and my vote. I'm going to make sure that everyone that will listen to me knows that I'm going to say that's wrong. That, that's not what we do. And you know what? I'm going I'm to tell you what. If Donald Trump had done that to Barack Obama, oh boy, I am a big supporter of Donald Trump. I love his policies, but I would have been the first one to stand up and go, you know what, Donald Trump, though I love your policies, that is wrong. You're breaking norms in America. If Again, I have no problem calling out people in my own party, people who I usually agree with when they do things that step outside the guardrails of American politics. And Democrats and liberals and, and many in the media refuse to do that. And it, and it comes back to this issue, Rachel, which, which, is, which is what we're talking about, you know, going back to the attack on Christianity, the attack on Catholicism, the attack on the rosary and Joan of Arc's history. We need to be able to stand up and push, push back and fight back. And that's the only way we're going to win and preserve what's been so great about America. Because if the people, we're the majority, if the people don't stand up and go, you know what? crazy right they're gonna win you yeah. are you you like we're gonna go back to what you always talked about during covid that you were like in the old catacombs having secret communion Let because say, they I shut w- down our churches they shut down the church and i had to go to matt i w- there was one rebel priest i don't even know if i want to say who he say is i won't say his name but i love him love him and he was doing secret masses and you could get i went to communion in secret and received communion as if I were a Chinese Catholic or a first century Catholic. Um, so amazing stuff. Listen, again, I'm going to wrap this up here, but we are at a very critical juncture. Um, and I don't say this lightly. 
And this is do or die. I think the midterms is the first step in in taking things back. It is not nearly enough. It needs to be at the ballot box, but it needs to be in your family. If you are not at the kitchen table um, with your kids talking about these issues, giving them an alternative perspective, hopefully pulling them out of these horrible woke schools that are, you know, trying to indoctrinate them. The next generation, if we don't fix this with them and through our families, it will be lost because there's nothing in politics we can do to unwokeify those kids. You know what? I, and I think this is this is a message for everyone of faith, whether you're a Christian, Jew, a Muslim, people, good people with good hearts who want to practice their faith freely, as our founders laid out in our First Amendment, have a duty to stand up and push back. Because, we, I, listen, I respect all religions. I respect people's freedom to practice their religion. And this is what this is about. It's an attack of, on that First Amendment. And one of the most beautiful things that I saw um, after we did our segment on, on primetime when you hosted, Sean, was a lot of people commented on social media and said, today I am Catholic. And, am Catholic. and what they want to do is divide us. We need to unite together. And by the way, just really quick, in that article in The Atlantic, one of the things that the um, uh, author complained about was Protestants and evangelicals and Catholics united. They don't want that. Um, and so we're I think what we need to sisters. do is we, we need to recognize that we're all one. We need to pray for our country and we need to refuse to exit the public square. Heck yes, Rachel. Well, listen, thank you all for joining us on our podcast from the kitchen table talking about the rosary. Who ever thought we'd have a chance to talk about <laughs> the rosary? This is the most Rachel's rosary like, talked I, about on a Fox News podcast, podcast ever. ever. I'm proud of that. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you joining us at the kitchen table, having a hot cup of coffee with us. Or maybe you're on a run right now. I don't know. And you're sweating and or listening to Peloton us. On your Peloton or, or something. On your Peloton. Thanks for joining us, though. We appreciate it. And we love sitting around the kitchen table with you, sharing our views on important topics of the day. We'll see you around next week. Bye-bye. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.